but before we get this pod underway, I need to address the group, not as a podcast host, but as the commissioner. It has come to my attention that one of the teams in this league has had not adhered to the rules originally set out at the start of the season. The offence occurred on Friday the 20th of, 20th of May, round 10 of our competition. A coach has made the pre, premeditated decision, or they forgot, to go against both the commissioner and the league at large and, an, and anoint a vice-captain not stipulated by the rules set up by the Fair Gaming Rules Committee. That coach, who I will now reveal to be Benjamin Duncan of the team Tiger King, vice-captain Liberatore, a player averaging 100, clearly over the 85. I ask you all to rejoice in the fine, the first fine of the year and the extra $30 we now have in the kitty. We have made no attempt to contact Benjamin regarding this at this time. We will now take questions. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're stuck with me deputising Jim this week, but it's a pleasure to be hosting the highly regarded production of the J-Pod. Before we start, though, I have some disgusting behaviour that needs to be called out. This week, Blizz took on Lachlan, and all over the pod and the React videos, there was sledging and build-up. And then Blizz cracked the sands by 15 minutes into the second quarter on Friday. However, that is not the behaviour I would like to call out. It is the cowardly behaviour of coaches who don't put themselves out there and rip into their opponents at all, but then feel the need to chastise and abuse the coaches who do. Sure, Blizz has had a tough time of it and really needs to stop trying to change his nickname. It's Dicklips, mate. And unless you want someone else to change the name, you just need to cop that and move on. But it's not fair for other random coaches who have literally nothing to say about their team and then call Blizz shit. Tell him to eat a dick or ask him, why he dropped his best forward in Kurnow before the biggest game of the season. Yes, Brian gets chirpy and then loses by a thousand points while taking copious amounts of hot dogs in the mouth, but at least he's willing to get stuck in. So to all you cowards out there, you're officially on notice. I've had enough of Kane's silence. I've had enough of not having Facebook and pretending he's working. And I've had enough of Stephen Keelan saying how crap their sides are. And I've had enough of the piggybackers who can't do their own jokes. Get the fuck around your team and lay off Blizz with his shit trading, shit physique, and his shit team. Let's get to the sponsor of the week, and then we'll get to the coach of the week. Sponsor of the week this week is Shane's Would You Rather app. Have you ever been asked a Would You Rather question and been unsure which decision to make? Well, you, now you don't need to worry. With the Would You Rather app, you can simply put the question in, and it will tell you which answer is the most socially acceptable response. We have done the signs and polling to give you the better answer in a conundrum so you don't get yourself in a pickle and say you want to bang your parents. Shane's Would You Rather <laughs> app. Download from the App Store, $1.99. All T's and C's apply so that you don't have to gamble responsibly. Without further eruption, interruption, though, let's get into the Coach of the Week and uh, get into reviewing the teams. And now, in the pink corner... Weighing in with a dick that works, numerous puns, and a level head, the OG host of the podcast, the non-Jurassic Legastic, Jimmy! Rising, rising, 
absolute pleasure to be here on my podcast. Very, very happy to be sitting on this side of the fence. It's, uh, it's been great. Absolutely. You are welcomed into your own podcast, as you said, an absolute <laughs> ripper. Um, and what a pleasure it is on my behalf to be uh, just hosting you for the evening and getting stuck into it. How are you feeling? Absolutely dominant score. Oh, yeah, like I said, absolutely dominant. Very, very happy over the weekend. It was uh, all sewn up, game over, Saturday, Sunday, so Saturday night. Clayton Oliver, what a man. Jesus, how he slid to pick five is beyond me. Lockie keeps <laughs> talking about Lockie Neal, but bloody hell, Clayton Oliver, get around the lad. But uh, look, very happy to usurp Ben with the, the number one points scored for the round this year. I think now, I think I beat him by a few, so uh, I'm now the team to beat, clearly. Well, as you said, that's um, if you're putting yourself up there with the highest score scored in the league for the season, um, you give yourself a good sniff. Um, you've got you've got track record, and you put yourself down as a danger to the league. And it was good. It was a good timed, well timed uh, moment to do it. Heading, you know, creeping towards finals. Not only do you get in that eight, you get a good little percentage boost there as well. Um, and the table's looking a bit more favourable for you. Yeah, definitely. This is the the tough part of the draw. I had a look. I've got uh, had Wasty, you, then I come back up the bye with Kane and Scotty. So it's the big tough one. If I'm going to make finals, I've got to beat the boys atop of me, which is not a bad position to be in because you've got to beat the best to be the best. So really looking forward to to our game this week, which will be really interesting. But then after that, coming up against two boys fighting out for top four. So definitely a a tough one. I wish I'd got the early wins against Brian and and Steve, uh, which I lost the first two. But look here. You want to be yeah, got to get those uh, those wins late in the season to keep that season going. So I've got some some good captain options in the next few weeks. I've got my big wits boy for this week, and then the ruck captain against Kane. So that's just he's just going to run rampant. And after that, I've got Clayton Oliver to back me up in the last one against Scotty. So it's uh, it's all happening here. It is. It is a big matchup, uh, as you said, you and me this week. I didn't know it until I was just looking today and scanning through what what ahead was going to be. And um, yeah, you're right. You and me play off, and in in the table terms as well, chance of top four versus chance to uh, solidify yourself in the eight and really um, put a dent in some other people's hopes. So uh, it is going to be interesting. I think I've got Laird as an option, don't I, for my captain. So it would be uh, tight, I would imagine. He should yeah. score me some good points. Yeah, Laird or Parrish, I think you're two options. So you've got some pretty good ones. <laughs> of course, Parrish, because that's in the well outside of the top ten, aren't they? So... <laughs> Oh, definitely. Uh, Pretty sure they're uh, boy. The only the only way they could be worse if they were if they were North Melbourne or West Coast, but no one's that bad. <laughs> no one is that bad, and uh, even Blizzy and uh, Benny are sitting around equal, aren't they? So I don't know. <laughs> in terms of the league, it is a similar spot. Well, look, we alluded to your score already. How about we just jump straight into reviewing some of these games from last week? Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Um, and the first one that I have down there is Unagi, 15-65, beating Aples, uh, Wasi's team, 14-40. Do you want to uh, walk us through that one and tell us what you loved, what you uh, didn't? Yeah, well, it's uh, bad luck for Wasi there. It's a pretty good score, 14-40, but when you come up against an absolute powerhouse like myself, you've got no chance, really. Uh, but look, my boys, Houston, he's been an absolute steal, pick nine. Wits, pick six, absolute steal as well. And then Clayton Oliver I already talked about. And then the trade of the century, Tom Mitchell, just comes out 129 after having his well-deserved rest. Get around the lad. What I didn't <laughs> like about my team, there's not really much to not like about, really. Weller and, and Dacos and Billings, probably only three. But pff, they're fine. They'll, they, can, they can have this rest and they'll be back better next year, next week, sorry. Whereas for, for Wusty, yep. did well with Hewitt, Bont, Short, uh, Brody and Cameron, who's done pretty well, but uh, just not quite good enough with that captain score really being the, the telling option there. 
No, totally agree. Couldn't, you know, uh, 100% on the money. The only thing you'd say about Wassi is he's got some players to come back in, doesn't he? Because you look at some of those players like Hardwick, uh, even Wingard to a degree is a bit average. Um, Taron Thomas in general, oh, my God. We talk about Jed Anderson and the field and Darren <laughs> Thomas and guys like that. Uh, you could have a look at yourself. But he does have guys to come back. Um, so that's probably where he's hoping, you know, for finals he can get a, a bit better team on the park. Um, but, hey, 14-40 is a bloody good score as well. So nothing to uh, nothing to worry about there. You would have thought for him long term, but absolutely yeah. dominated by you. Yeah, I reckon you know. Ridley's back this week most likely. Scrimshaw shouldn't be too far off, I think. Graham... As well, Matt Cratchit knows what's going on with him though, and Nat Nui I think still a, a fair way away. So he's got some some movement yeah. there. Yeah, he's got a little bit to come back and uh, some opportunities you would think to to set himself up. But um, one out of the box for you, and when you get a huge captain score like that, there's no coming back, is there? I no, can't think of anyone who's <laughs> ever lost with nearly 400 points from a captain. So I do. Um, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen this time. That's what we want to say. It didn't happen uh, this time. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, had a, a good little, good little, uh, you know, percentage management there as well. The next game that we got was Suck by Pendlebury's twelve seventy eight defeating Tiger King Ben twelve thirty eight. So my boys getting the job done there. Um, for me, people who did well like Nank Parish Monday, Ryan Parker, Laird all turned up. What didn't go well? Way too much for me this week. There was way too many passengers. Um, Brayshaw the trade in obviously Viney didn't end up playing at all so at least I had an option that's not you know but only 50 points wasn't good and he was on negatives for a long time I was copping in the chat for quite a bit there wasn't there, I there was a point where I looked at Ellaby looked at it he was on minus 12 it's like how has Kane won this trade with him not, his player not even playing I'm like this is unreal <laughs> I think but, it was like halfway through the second quarter it was negative points still yeah. um, so I'll take a 50 odd that means he's pulled 60 or 70 points in in the two and a half quarters or something, which is yeah, uh, still it's, competitive. It's better so. than Draper's nine, so you're still doing better than that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Franklin, he's hit and miss. I, I think you're allowed to have a player in your team that's hit and miss. That's my theory. So he could get me a 120 or something, but he uh, got me a 40 this week and he got me a 30 a couple of weeks back, so no good. Um, oh, when we look at Ben's team, what did we like? I don't know. You tell me. What do you like about his uh, what I liked is the $30 we got from Tom Liberatore being the vice captain. So thank you very much, Benny. Cha-ching. That's what I liked about that one. <laughs> I don't know how he's made that mistake. I guess he was his captain the week before, was it? He and was, then he switched captain. Yeah. So my guess is he switched and got the vice on it and just didn't uh, pay enough attention. Clearly, his, uh, his very demanding job just uh, draws attention away for a little bit too long. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, exactly right. The demanding job, getting the job done there. Uh, it's going to be mentioned, he did at least get some tons out of Dawson and Redden and uh, his big man, Darce, on the last day. He did really make it hard. I should have won very, very comfortably. And even on that last game, it was way tighter than it should have been um, and getting a 40-point win there. But Aish, luckily, decided not to put any sort of score up at all. So um, that was handy for me in getting the job done with only 37 points there. And I would imagine he's going straight to the scrap, um, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, but you look at him. He's got Ash 37, Peter Wright, 40, Simpkin, 37, Jordan, 52, Pal Pepper, 32. There's a lot of players going to the scrap heap if that's his, that's his criteria. So he's definitely going to have a long, hard look at himself. And look, he's still got Menangola on the on the ground, on the bench. Why? I don't know. The bloke hasn't played so far, and I don't even know if he looks like playing. He's got Yo there as well. It's just... Yo looks dead. Even when he's played, he's been garbage. Uh, yeah, it's not good for him. And then he randomly has Rewalt sitting on his bench with 99. So not backing in uh, 
big revolt as well, who definitely could have been an asset that week, or you know, you would think. So, Pow Pepper, didn't he score 130 like a week ago or something? Yeah, 130 against me was killing it. Luckily, I got the job done. If Pow Pepper had beaten me, I wouldn't have been happy. So, back 32, back to where he belongs, and back on the scrap heap where he belongs. Jesus, I don't know. Can you fix Ben Steve? Just really quickly, can you fix it? Um, look, it's a tough one. Look, like last week, he, he really could have got the job done if Merritt and Darcy did what they normally do, but they both struggled really bad, so that doesn't uh, doesn't bode well for him. But when you've got blokes like, like we've already talked about a whole bunch that struggled. Look, Simpkins not that bad, but Pell Pepper's average. Peter Wright's the same as it. You're probably your buddy. He's the the one twenty or the forty, and then you've got. Like yeah. Stengel, I called Stengel out as the, the the wild card option, and he's done what thirty and then a sixty, but he pulls a hundred out, so he's going to win in games, but he's going to lose in games. So it's probably too late in the season to to, yeah. set, to to fix it because there's just too many too many holes, but there's also no no real good stuff on the scrap heap either. So he's kind of uh he's sort of in a, a tough spot. No, my only thought is maybe he puts Dars on the table and tries to get. Two, two good players for him, you know what I mean? Like, just levels out the field just a little bit more or something so he has a few less of those wild cards you were talking about yeah. or something like that. Um, someone who's going to play finals, pulling in a Darcy, like, could be a good move. Um, would you give up a couple of, you know, okay midfielders or one one forward in a mid? I'm not sure. You'd have to have a look at it. But then again, you got wits in, what'd you say, your fifth or sixth, seventh sixth pick, round, whatever yeah, it was? Sixth round pick, yeah, but... The yeah. thing is, like, is Ben going to trade him out? What what goods are going to do to him? Like, what's good? He's not going to. He might. He might what beat Brian the round after the bye. But then there's three weeks. He's not. He can't make finals. So it's like, what what's trading his players out going to do? Like Brian messaged me up with a, a possible trade request that he was someone had offered him, and I'm like, if you do it, like, what like what's the point? Like, you're not gaining anything. It's not like we've yeah. If the relegation league was in play, then fair enough. You want to trade out someone who might be injured for someone to get you know to get a win, but. You're not going to get a, a final spot. You're not going to get any other bragging rights because no one, everyone knows your shit. So what are you, what, what are you gaining out of it? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. You just don't want to be wooden spoon. I would have thought. I, I feel like there needs to be a wooden spoon punishment. I, I mean, in the past, haven't we said catch up for drinks and they're the waiter for the day or something, or they wear a pink shirt or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was, was pre COVID. Now COVID sort of stuffed everything up to be able to like hang out, hang out properly. But it's definitely an option. But I don't know. I feel like yeah, if the relegation league was intact, then I think that's definitely an option because you you don't want to be bottom two, so you definitely want to be you want to be trading and active the whole way through. But I guess you know realistically, it'd be Ben versus Ryan the week after the buys, and that's going to basically tell us who's last spot. Yeah, you would have thought so. Maybe a sack tap or something. Second last gets no the winner. The winner gets the sack tap. Whoever comes last. Unlimited, <laughs> unlimited sack taps until the next year. <laughs> Oh well, I don't know. Yeah, as you said, I don't know if it's fixed. Well, what about the next game? Sorry, I got. Uh, we went on a tangent, did we? But uh, <laughs> we angry tangents. Yeah, twelve fifty nine defeated by Braden Dobscod, fifteen fourteen. The next in line for coach of the week, um, but missing out. Not not a big enough score with a fifteen fourteen. Um, what did you like? What didn't you? Yeah, well, look, I, I like the fact that Dobbs is now pretty good spot in the top three. I think he is now. He's now swapped spots with Kane, so a very big. Big uh, sliding doors win, so he'd be very, very happy with that. And some very big scores. First three guys posted uh, 110s. Petraka, 228. Crouch, Prestia, and Canigio, and Newcomb, all big 120 pluses. So some very, very good scores. Uh, he reckons he should have been on because Barras scored 18, but and Stanley went out. But stop picking blokes who are out or injured, and you won't get you. Then you might, maybe you might get on. So. I was going to say, he should have been on because Barras scored 18, but he shouldn't be on. Because Barras scored 18, so... And I'm pretty sure the last two weeks on the pod, we've talked about the fact that Wilkie scored 100-plus on Lockie's bench two weeks in a row. 
So Dobbs sets the big, the big, the big, the big brain gets him in, leaves him on the bench. One hundred and twenty-one. That's why you got on Dobbs. One hundred and twenty-one on the bench. You see the difference between Barras and, and Wilkie? You maybe swap those around. You score sixteen hundred. Then you might be on. <laughs> my God, I didn't even realize that. But that is a great pickup. He talks absolute smack about it. He talks smack about it like two weeks in a row. Yeah. Oh man, you can't be doing that. Um, but nine tons is pretty ridiculous um, and, a, and a really big score. Um, yeah, yeah, nah, really, really solid. Angry Midgets, on the other hand, what we thought? Uh, yeah, look, a few boys that just didn't sort of do well enough. McRae's his captain, 208 or 104, sorry, as a double that. Not great. Really, is he's that bona fide midfield captain. Uh, and then only Blitzars and Rich, only the 100, so that's his problem. Um, but also a lot of 80s and 90s, so not a lot of real poo, but just the, the Rosie of the 46. But apart from that, a lot of decent decent scores, but it's not the, the 100 pluses that you want. No, I even put McRae down, you know, when you want that guy as your captain score, um, you're expecting a big one from him that can put it out of range as well. 208 is probably below what you're expecting from him. So um, still solid, but not uh, what you would expect. Yeah, yeah what Kane's been getting out of some of those players to get him on that big win streak and um, up the table for sure. Especially with Brayshaw as well as his second option, 94. So either way, he wouldn't have got a good captain score option, which is a bit of a bummer for him, but... Especially the week, this is the week you, you want that midfielder because it's the midfield round. So this is that one where you want the your bona fide number one pick, especially when you're picking four or whatever it is to go big. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, the next game we had, 7th Heaven. So Scotty's boys, 11-40. 11-40, that is correct. Somehow getting the job done over the Lone Wolf, 11-28. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, how yeah. he keeps scoring so shit. I like, he had 100. Like, I'm talking about, sorry, Keelan. 100, and it was 102. 100. It's bad, isn't it? There's, At least there is nothing. Right there is actually no. nothing to like about his side. I, I, I'm sorry, Keelan. Like, actually, I'm not really sorry, but you have nothing redeemable about this side. There's nothing at all I like. Actually, no, sorry. Anderson scored 87, so that's his top score for the year. Yeah. Yeah, like, honestly, I'm feeling the same. I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, oh, man, you know, Langdon gets injured. Maybe that's one that's a little bit unlucky for the, the 30 score. But, yeah, 100. The, the Look, the one positive I'll give him is that he captained his highest score. So he could not have... <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't have done any worse than that. Like, he's he's done the best possible job he could do to get to 11 to eight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like that, uh, like in Sleeper, when it gives you, like, who was the best coach? It's like, he'd probably be, like, the best coach because he, he played his best rostered team. But yeah. <laughs> he didn't have a good rostered team. So how was he the best coach? <laughs> Oh man, it's so bad. Um, can't believe he's just dropped just dropped Shields. He hates him. He's just dropped him altogether and left him on the bench. I rate that, but um, that's a rage trade coming up if we've ever seen one. If anyone wants to go after it, I'd imagine. <laughs> Google Howard, I'm pretty sure, did bad last week, but good the week before. And then this week, he puts a solid score. But look, uh, maybe that's the difference between him winning or not. Did he have any defenders? Worse than that, yeah, Powell, if he switches that over, he wins, doesn't he? So he possibly could have got the job done um, with a couple of changes to his bench, but I'm sure Scott's the same. Um, yeah, if he put Isaac Smith on for Bailey, then there's an extra 60 points as well. So you can always talk about theoreticals. At the end of the day, they both scored in the 1100s. I think it was the worst score, or the second worst score, wasn't it, this it week? So. definitely was. Scotty was a very, very lucky man. And same thing, he only had the one, two, three hundred, so... Not good at all. Broke just didn't do didn't great for him. But then he had like Bailey twenty two, Rao thirty nine as well. Like, there's a lot of poor scores, but just happened to have those three extras scoring hundred plus to get him over the line. 
Yeah. Oh, one thing I did want to point out, um, Keelan, one of his positives was Farrell because the fact that he has Farrell in the team. <laughs> <laughs> but then he scored 90, so credit to you. That's a real positive because he scored well above what I'd expect from him. Oh, I think he scored well above what everyone expected from him. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, geez. And yeah, Scotty, yeah, at least got a few tons. Oh, I said Papley was a positive as well because for him to score 70 is a solid score also. <laughs> um, as much as I love Papley, you've got to know, Scotty, that he only performs when you're playing Steve. That is the only time that you want to be playing Papley <laughs> is against Steve and he somehow gets you over the line every time. Beautiful. That's what you want to say. But yeah, no, not not good realistically. Hurts with our steel being out, but there's not much else. A lot of his players were down this week. Scotty's normally not this bad, so he'll be hoping for a bounce back pretty soon. Absolutely. And the next one, I think this was then the next two worst scores that were up for grabs. Um, last Premiership, Steve, 12-11, losing to Maddie's Mongolian Beef, 12-13. I actually thought this one was done and dusted, uh, I don't know, Saturday-ish, I thought. I looked at it and thought, nah, Steve's uh, got the job done over Matt here. But then Matt got some great scores from, yeah, Perryman and Hogan. Um, in particular, just really getting him that boost, 138 and 110 there, um, getting him right back in it. Um, and Steve just didn't get some performances he would have liked, but, geez, there's some gaps all through that team, aren't there? There's a lot of gaps. The fact that it's only two points was the difference is uh, is pretty pretty big. But, uh, look, Dangerfield going down probably hurt Steve, 65. He then had Will Day go down on 38. So this guy, he'd be very, very unhappy that he had two injuries and lost by two points. So Yeah. Very unhappy about that, but then both both of got both our captains Zorko one sixty eight, Keys one ninety two, both struggled. Yeah, not not a lot really going on with both of these guys. A few hundreds to get them over, but same thing when you're scoring, you know, just barely twelve hundreds. It's similar to the sentiments of the last games as well. There's uh, there's more to dislike than there is to like. Yeah, I just want to point out as well that Matt has Zach Fisher on the bench with one hundred and ten. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure last week he was talking to me about Fisher playing well and I said, mate, no one needs Zach Fisher. I benched him, so it's another psych out. We've got another psych out. Beautiful. Oh, 110, though. Like, he's not doing that again. Like, you've literally peaked at 110, Matty, so just, he's not going to do it again. You can't go chasing that score again. Oh, man. Just way too good. Way, way, way too good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I think we sort of said enough about that game that we need to. The next one, the Raging Bull Rises team, 13-15, defeated by the Big Fish Lockies team, 14-29. Um, much publicised match, as we said earlier. Riser talking it up big time. It's going to take Lockie, you know, do the three-peat. Um, and, yeah, halfway through Friday's game, it left the chat and needed to be re-entered. Tried to throw, like, throw the towel on purpose at a point there. Real despicable behaviour uh, by Dick Lips, but... Uh, nonetheless, tell me what you liked, what you didn't like, Jim. Yeah, look, I like the fact that Bryza goes hard early and tries to at least get some get there's some stuff going. There's a lot of people who just sort of sit quietly and don't don't do a lot, as you said before. But he's also if he's going to dish it out, he's got to learn how to take it. And uh, when Kerno was out and he decided, oh, that's it, I'm out of here. Not good enough, Ryan, because that you, you leave and everyone's just going to double down because they know they've they've got you. It's like they've gone fishing, they've got that little nibble, and they're just going to keep reeling it in until you go. But look, what I liked about his team was. Guthrie 124, what a good, what a, what a good trade. That whatever we got for him, he's that's under because Guthrie 124, he's a steal. Norton 114, Rioli Heppel doing well, but that's probably the the peak there for him. Um, a few guys not scoring well enough, and McCluggage going at injured 154 is uh, was probably telling. But he don't, I think he was probably going to struggle to get the job done anyways. Kerno wouldn't have made a massive, massive difference because it's 60 points, so would have scored the 1370, so still wouldn't have got the job done even with Kerno. Yeah, I think I saw, did he have Fort on the bench as well? 
who scored a ton, I believe. So that could have been some extra hand points as well. Um, Is he still the forward? He's the forward option, but like realistically, you're not going to drop Norton. You're not going to drop maybe Marshall. I don't know how good Mark Pickett, but you're going to drop them for Kerno. Like you're not going to drop two of them for Darcy Ford, who hasn't really shown it. Fair enough for Kerno, but not for Ford. No, you wouldn't be playing both big fours. You wouldn't have thought. Like it's a, you know, you have one. It's a risk to play both. Um, mind you, you had Mackay and Kerno in the past, didn't he? But that's also why he's sitting probably down the bottom there. That is but, definitely. Uh, definitely yeah, work. what I say, you're probably disappointed with Pendles as well. That's a low score for him uh, for this season, also. So yeah, in the um, wet, probably not really suiting his game of just being able to get the ball. Like the sort of the, the handball receives, we were just sort of bombing it and kicking along the ground, just trying to get the ball forward. So oh, a lot yeah. of his ball is, yeah. You know, he can get his own ball. A lot of his ball is sort of you know, predicated on just that sort of swift ball movement, him getting the handballs and being able to use his skills, whereas because it was wet, he was just, you know, from was just kicking off the ground, throwing the boot, chaos, footy. Yeah, I don't think he's that keen uh, anymore to be getting in and under on the ground when he can avoid it. So, he's like, you guys uh, will do that, I'll be fine. Yeah, it wasn't quite, especially with all the broken fingers and stuff he's had of recent. Like, put his hand on the ball with someone kicking it. I'm not sure if that's uh, what he appreciate doing, but... Um, nonetheless, where we say Lockie's team, Lockie's team was, uh, yeah, pretty dominant, wasn't it? Um, in the end, they're getting the job done. What did I say? Walsh, Kennedy, McDonald, Gresham, Redmond, um, all getting tons, didn't they, I think? And I said, Neil was a bit of a letdown. Another one of those guys, uh, 200 a solid score, but at a midfield week with the high score in the league, basically, you're hoping for a 300, I would have thought, or a 280 or something. So maybe just a little bit of a letdown there, but hey, did it pretty comfortably, 14. 100 is a really good marker as well. Yeah, we talked about, yeah, like obviously Kane's 200 and something not being quite good enough. And yeah, Neil, you'd expect a lot better from him. But yeah, he had those, those four or five, five or six hundreds scoring pretty good. So like I said, 400 is going to get you a win in most most matches and uh, got him the win against Bryza. So Lockie would be very, very happy that he's finally uh, got rid of that that, uh, that raging bull-sized monkey off his back. Mm, absolutely. He's got uh, obviously English to come back in after the buys, you would imagine. I don't think he's... This week, I'm not 100% sure. I think, he's, sure. I think he's, he's right for this week. Hall will be after the buyers. Okay. So he's got a couple he can bring in. Whitfield, he's sort of, yeah, long term. He traded to Goey this week. To Goey is gone. Okay. Uh, for, I can't remember, someone. I can't either. Or I don't someone. think it was too bad, but I think he recognises that he uh, can strengthen some uh, areas. Dangerfield, so. Dangerfield, Dangerfield. That's yeah, that's what it was, Dangerfield. So he'll be hoping maybe after the buys he gets the body right and has a run at it at finals. So he's making some moves. He's banking on making the finals. Um, I think he's pretty much guaranteed. The only person, the only people who I think aren't guaranteed finals is me and Wusty. But if we win against so this week, this week if I bet you this week, Matt's two oh, a game a game behind me, but he's also percentage behind me, so he has to win two games. So he's got to win both, and I hope I lose both. So a win this week from me or Wussy basically cements our spot in the finals. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, might come up later um, in the betting agencies as well. So, yeah, that's exactly what I thought as well. Um, awesome. So, yeah, not even a close game in the end. Good work by the big fish. The next one we had was the Wrecking Ball, 13-31. The Juggernaut rolls on, beating Jay Horn Franswin. Uh, Shane's team there. So, Grant, getting the job done. The uh, gifts kept flowing on the Monday morning. Um, we all saw it there. What did you What did you like about it? Well, I like the fact that he's running out of gifts because he literally had to recycle the Miley Cyrus because he has he's got no more gifts. Like maybe next year he's gonna have to come up with a name that has a lot of gift options. Like that might be his only precursor is just searching names that have a lot of gifts, so he can go with like twenty of if he needs to. Because <laughs> he's just like if he's gonna continue carrying on, he's he's in a good spot because 
Sard 100 and something, Flynn 133. He loses his number one Ruckman in Proust. That's fine. I'll plug in Flynn for 133. Yeah. Sicily, 122. <laughs> he's captain option this week. Moore, 101, which he plucked from late picks. Crisp, 107. And then Kelly, 250 as well. So very, very handy scores from all those boys. Not a big score with a 13. I think a 1300 is a good middle one. But considering a lot of blokes struggled this week, it's uh, it's good to get the win. Yeah, I've got plenty of losses this year with uh, 1300s and stuff. So it was definitely an opportunity to get the job done. And um, Shane not able to do that. I think, you know, Laddam's having a really bad game there, 33. Yeah, Warner only the 50. He's been pretty solid this season. Um, Ellis only a 50. So, yeah, a few that were underperforming. Um, Gaff as well. Yeah, Gaff's an interesting one. He's just in and out non-stop, isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know. And he had backup on the bench he could have used. So he's still got the, you know, yeah, enough strength there to be putting in some players and making his team better, which is what's um, a bit scary about that team still, isn't it? It is, yeah. And yeah, for Shane, just not quite enough there. He had Wines go, finally go 100, Lions 100. Green, early 100s is not great for him. Max King, 120, which is uh, funny enough, the week that Tom Lynch struggles and gets injured on 33, Max King goes 120. So one, eight, one in, one out, as he might say. And then a bunch of mid to late 80 pluses. So not good enough for Shane, but 1242s probably would have beaten four or five other blokes in this league this week, so... Yeah, that all. Yeah, very true point. Uh, some low scores. He could have easily got a better matchup. Um, yeah, McInerney also not so good there. He was hoping to get Gordon from me for McInerney. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that one. And especially giving a forward up for a defender, that was never going to happen. Yeah, Just fucking give yourself a rinse there, Shane. Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, well, that gets us to the end of the reviews which means that it is question time to hear from the coaches and their thoughts on uh, what was a pretty hectic week, I guess. Um, so I will start off with Ben had some uh, questions for you to start. Beautiful. Yeah, g'day, Marto. It's the King here, and congratulations on getting the pod uh, hosting gig. Um, so my first question is, uh, is the draft fixture just a fucking lottery? Uh, because I'm, I'm sitting here, I can't win a fucking game. Yet you got cunts like Scoot winning with scores of fucking eleven hundred and forty. Like, I, I just, I lost for words with how lucky these cunts can get sometimes. Yeah, yeah. look, definitely it is. Like, it's all we've always known it's the lottery. It's just, it's you've got to be, you know, you've got to, you can only play who you can play. There's been a few times a couple of years ago where Lockie kept getting wins with really like second lower scores. But you can only beat who you can beat. It's the same with uh, with any sort of sport. You know, you've only got to play with whoever you're playing on the day. I don't make the fixturing, Benjamin. Maybe next year we can, you know, see if we can get some tampering in going and we'll pick some some fun matchups. But then you'll still get fucked over. So it is what it is. Unfortunately, it's yeah, just flip a coin and hope for the best. Hey, just based on that question, James, where would you think he is on the ladder if you look at points against? Oh, uh, points against. Oh. I feel like he's not that... He's probably around the middle, I feel like. I, know, I don't think he's towards the top. I think uh, some other boys are around the top, but I could be wrong. Yeah, he's 11. So he has hardly had a bad run of fixture. <laughs> he's 11 out of 14 for points against. Bloody hell, Ben. Like, it's... Yeah, and then, look, also going on that, Ben, if you're scoring 1,565, you're not going to lose many games. So draft better, score well, and then it doesn't matter what you score, you'll still lose regardless of how good your opponent is. <laughs> Bloody hell, he's not even at the most. Blizz has had, I think, the most points against him, so he could be a little bit 
you know, he could be feeling a little bit like that. Um, Although if we wanted to get into know. into talking about fixturing, I'm pretty sure Grant, who is the the points that is leading the points scored, I think he's coming last for points against. Yeah, well, that's why his percentage is 112 because he's scoring well, but geez, he's had uh, some nice nice matchups in terms yeah. of that as so well. So that's the that's um, yeah. Well, you look at the he's not, yeah he's, he's top of the ladder because he's got the most points, but he's also playing a lot of blokes who are just happening to shit the bet. So kind of working well for him, but at the same time, most points for deserves to be on top. Yeah, can't really argue with that. Next question, Benny. Yeah, second question. Is Bliss's cow throw slash sooking up at on the very first round before halftime the most disgraceful act in sporting history? Uh, I would say yes, but I'm pretty sure... Hearing Steve complain about how the demons are struggling uh, after they've already won the flag, the flag last year is pretty much up there. I think it was what halfway through the first quarter he said they were done or struggling or something like that. And I'm like, Steve, you don't, you have no reason to say that at all. I don't want to hear it. And also, Keelan throwing the tail uh, Tuesday night against Rocky is probably a sec- close second. <laughs> Both absolutely shocking, aren't they? Yeah, I'm getting real sick of Steve uh, saying about the demons in the first quarter or just, I think even before the game he was saying hopefully we win on the way to the game or something hopefully we win and I was like if by hopefully you mean win by 100 then yes like well, you're playing north like what are you talking about you're, you're literally playing north yeah. and you're playing the bottom team yeah like maybe a couple of years ago fair enough oh well, he has got better because he has no reason to be saying I hope we win because you are going to win most games being the, the, the premier like just enough enough yeah. is enough no, he's taking the piss. But Blizz, yeah, absolutely disgraceful, as we said. Not good enough from you, uh, Dick Lips. Third question from Betty. Just the last question. Uh, if the coach had the choice between getting reamed up the arse by Blizz or sitting down and talking to Lachlan for an hour about Sam Walsh, uh, how far over would he bend over? So this is one of those times where I wish I downloaded the, uh, the Shane's uh, Would You Rather app because that would come in handy. But at the same time, um, I would probably uh, bend over just far enough so I could block my ears while Lockie was talking. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be taking that option as well. Uh, while she's having a good season, but... And it's, it's only an hour. It, yeah, it's only an hour. <laughs> and we get that basically from him every time he's near a pod anyway, so we have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the better call. Speaking of Lockie, good little segue. His questions. Firstly... Can the coach of the week please let the pod know his thoughts on Bryce's sad sack actions over the weekend? Uh, look, definitely not happy about it because we obviously pride ourselves on, on good content, even just, you know, not on the pod, but in the chat as well. And the fact that the, he threw the towel on purpose, because he threw the towel on purpose, we're not up for that at all. Like, we brought the rule in to stop people, you know, like the Steves of the world and those people cracking the shits and really the Scotties as well going, oh, that no, game's over, game's over. Don't want to see that. So that's why we brought the rule in. People are trying to take advantage and just throw the towel in willy-nilly. And I want to hear it because he's tried it multiple times now. And Blizz, it's not going to fly because we know when, you, we know when you're trying to throw the towel in. And it's basically, we're just, it won't stand for it. So you've got to be a lot better than that. And also leaving the chat twice in a day and a half, also not good enough. Just just mute it like every other you know normal standing citizen does. No problems. Just don't look at your phone. Delete the app if you must. I think if you intentionally towel throw or something from now on, if everyone recognises this is someone who just wants to get removed for 24 hours, everyone should be able to send you um, a three-line abusive message that the next pod you would just have to read out those three lines abusing that person <laughs> that everyone has sent through or something like that so that everyone gets a good giggle 
no one ever does it again because you're just getting absolutely read verbally on the pod or something like that. We need to name and shame, I think. But then you could just not listen to the pod, so... Hey, you miss out if you do that. Like, that's on you to miss out, I feel like. This is a great establishment here. Yeah, it's very true. Like, I mean, maybe maybe if it was the TK reaction, I'd be like, yeah, look, maybe I'll just skip that one. But no, I'm just kidding. Benjamin. <laughs> Big fan. Long time. First time, long time. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Next question. Uh, speaking of uh, a segue from before, seriously, how good is Walsh and how the fuck did he get to my pick eight? Uh, I think we've mentioned it multiple times. We thought he syndesmosis was going to put him out for a, a month or so. And it wasn't worth, a lot of people thought, the risk to have someone injured for that long. Turns out he only missed a week and you've, you've hit gold there. So done very, very well. And he's scoring well for you. So, look, done well, Lockie. Uh, but, yeah, look, he's he's not the not saviour you'd like because you've got blokes like Whitfield who can't even score 60. So maybe focus on the blokes who aren't scoring well as opposed to the blokes who are scoring well. Okay. I would like to... Um... Look, I was just having tr- trying to have a look. I don't, I don't know how to go back and have a look at the draft really quickly and who got what, where, and all that sort of stuff. But so he got Sam Walsh at pick eight. He's averaging 116. He's the 26th ranked player. So obviously that's well ahead of. That's more like a pick two sort of status, isn't it? Um, a late pick two based on that. If everyone did a good job of it. Just wondering, is there any out of the box there that people have picked even close to that late round? pick but I, I don't know off the top of my head but if there's someone who's picked a late pick you think they're good I would like to hear um, a bit of a counter attack on Walsh as well uh, one that we mentioned early on was uh, Tom Green from Shane I think he was pick 15 from him so a very very late pick and he's scoring hundreds well actually he started off started out of the gate very very well um, so Lockie Tom was Green, ranked 16th so there's one who's doing better picked very late so Maybe we need to go there instead and uh, talk get, him up a little bit. Get Shane to just talk up. How, get Shane to talk up how good Tom Tom Green is every time he scores a hundred. <laughs> I think you should because uh, yeah, we hear about Walsh at pick eight, but there's a guy absolutely dominating sixteen. So that's essentially like a first round pick. That's pretty bloody good. Yeah, and uh, so Lockie, I had a quick look while we we're chatting. Lockie picked him round eight. Uh, the players that were taken before him was Carl Amon, Lincoln McCarthy, Lockie Weller. Zach Williams, Robbie Gray, Rory Sloan, Matt Rowell, Jaden Stevenson, Tim Kelly. Oh, <laughs> that's some filthy, filthy picks, isn't it? Like, that's some, there is a lot of filth in there. There is a lot of filth. We could probably even go to round seven as well if we wanted to give it. We'll give a quick recap into round seven as well. So also missing. So like the other thing is like when there's a defender or a mid going, a forward going, you kind of go, well, look, they probably picked that because they needed a forward. They didn't pick the midfielder, but... There's definitely some rubbish there. But we go to the, the round seven. We had Jake Stringer, Dylan Shield, Caleb Sarong, Braden Fiorini, Jaeger Amira, Darcy Moore, George Hewitt, Zach Tui, Isaac Cumming, Jade Gresham, Oscar McGinnity, Bailey Smith, Pat Lipinski, Jeremy Cameron. Wow, it's slim pickings, isn't it? I think, was Bailey Smith in there? Is that an okay pick? He's missed quite a few games too, though, hasn't he? So He was, he was the left uh, left out by personal leave sort of thing early on, so he's one of those other players that slid because of that. Um, yeah. But look, you look at the guys like, yeah, your Hewitts, your Tuies, Cameron's doing pretty well. Uh, those guys are doing pretty well. Sarong's not bad either, but then there's a couple of guys like Jake Stringer's played like three games and scored 40, so those sort of guys not scoring yeah. very well. There's a lot of... 80 pluses in there though like I reckon a lot of those guys if you look at them they'll be averaging the 85 like they're in they're, they're tradable tradable players you go to round yeah. you go to the round after that the round 8 and there is a lot of untradable players in that round 8 
<laughs> there's blokes there's blokes like Jaden Stevenson who aren't even on a roster. Obviously Rory Sloan got injured, so that sucks, but Zach Williams injured as well. But there's blokes like Jaden Stevenson who is literally in the free agency. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not good. I just saw Hewitt's one that's what, averaging 118, but he's missed a couple of games in there, obviously. Um, but that's that's not a bad one. Amon, ranked 48th. Again, that's a pretty good pull-up, I would have thought. Uh, yeah, r- averaging 93. So that's that's tidy enough. But yeah, certainly in the ranks that we know that Walsh is doing damage. Sorry that we went on such a side note, but I was wondering, we got so much talk about him. Was there others in and around that space that were pretty good? Um, Green being, yeah, standout for a low a low one there. Um, Lockie, your next question, sorry. Uh, can the coach of the week please let everyone know the three things you dislike about Ben the most? Note, one of the three things is allowed to be his uncompetitive nature with Supercoach. Yeah, well, look, the, the good thing about the uncompetitive nature is that um, he, I beat him last week, so that's kind of handy. But, like, it is definitely, you know, we obviously want everybody to be competitive in this league because everyone being competitive, Makes for a more fun uh, season coming to finals. So, yeah, that's, we'll pull it number three. Uh, number two is, I was going to say it was the fact that he, he captained, uh, he vice-captained Liberatoria last week, but no, that's not really a, not really a reason because we all get money out of that. So I kind of like that. That's probably something I like about Ben is that he, he doesn't follow the rules. But I guess yeah. the fact that he broke the rules I don't really like as a commissioner, so I'm kind of split on that one. And number one is definitely the fact that he follows Richmond because I can't stand them. Yeah, mine were very similar. I was thinking bald. Um, goes for Liverpool uh, and alter egos. They're my three for Betty. Yeah, um, alter egos is way up there. You can't, you can't, you can't blame the bloke for being bald. That's just genetics. Blame his dad for that. Hey, I'm not, not blaming him. I'm just saying I dislike it. dislike it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be bald myself pretty soon, I imagine. So he can uh, get me back for I'm sure, it. I'm but sure we're all getting well it. Uh, um, and lastly, Shane last week openly admitted he would fuck his parents. The would you rather questions now need to stop on the back of the horrifying moment. Thank Shane for ruining this. So instead we have this. What one crime would you commit if you knew he had complete anonymity? Oh, I thought he was going to give me a would you rather. Which crime? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like robbing a bank as you get cash, but that's probably a bit too easy. Probably a bit of an easy answer. Um, Oh, I'd be a cat burglar. I'd steal a lot of exotic stuff and just keep it in my in a vault or something. I'd just go steal shit for fun. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I don't mind that. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Get yourself ahead, especially with uh, the kid on the way. Any extra money is always good. Um, geez, we've got a fair few questions, don't we? It's because I sort of did a little bit of an ask around. Just for the record, I asked Matt if he has any questions and he just said no. Uh, real sad sack sort of stuff at the moment. But uh, nonetheless, Grant had some questions. Firstly, um, do you think our draft top eight will stay as it is? If not, what will the changes be? Uh, well, being eighth, I think, like I said, me and Musty, the only two that uh, have any chance of falling out, I think we'll be fine, especially this well, this week. If I lose, Dad's versing Matt, so most likely gets the job done there, which pretty much puts me that still uh, two games clear, so I reckon I should be fine. I reckon it'll stay as is. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, I imagine it'll stay the same as well. It's um, hard to see too much happening. Matt, the only real chance to sneak in, you would imagine, um, and we saw his team before. Um, who can we draw a line through as now being just a spectator? Uh, pretty much everywhere else from under that. But I think, look, we know that Brian and, and Ben aren't playing, aren't having a great season, but they're still being vocal, still being competitive enough, which is kind of good. The fact that Steve is just plodding along saying how shitty his team is and just keeps putting up very average numbers but not really doing anything about it. 
Like, he still has, like, half his trades to go, but his team is that rubbish. I don't even know who's going to want to trade with him. So he is in really, really bad territory there. And Keelan as well is putting up 1100s basically every week, so very average as well. Sick of forks through all those. But, yeah, it's probably, Steve, I'm putting you on notice because not good enough with all your trades still left to go. And what are you going to give up? You've got, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to do it. No, he just gave up danger, didn't he, too? So I guess that's maybe he'll just make sure he gets his trades done now that he's pretty much done, I would imagine. But um, nonetheless, uh, last question from Grant. Uh, Briz's team is like the movie Dumb and Dumber. What movie would your team be? Also, he wants my answer on that one. So what would your... Tough one, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking um, Dodgeball for mine. Uh, if we were going to call my team a movie, it would be Dodgeball. And, but it's not the Cinderella story like you would imagine in Average Joes. I'm more like the Skills That Kills, that team that they play in like a semi-final. Uh, we do a lot more dancing and jazz hands and sort of shit, but we, we, we lose comfortably uh, most games. So I don't expect us a semi-final sort of area is what I'm expecting uh, from my team. Yeah, that's fair. Look, um, I don't know. So these are the questions where I probably would like to have known a bit earlier, but obviously that's fun. That's the whole point of it. So think on your feet, but... Oh, what movie would I be? Oh, look, A Knight's Tale, because I started from nothing and now I'm coming hard, so A Knight's Tale. Race to Reach's story. Oh, I like that. It could be king at the end. Uh, you never know. It could be knighted on the spot. It could be great. Yeah, so um, Rick von Lichtenstein, I'm coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the next one, Keelan. Keelan had some questions. Should Blizz do a public apology react video for his disgusting sad sack behaviour over the weekend? Yeah, he brought it up on the weekend, but I don't know. Is anyone going to want to listen to Bliss's apology video? He's just going to ramble for five seconds, tell Keelan how much of a dick he is, and tell Lockie to go fuck himself. And that's not really not really an apology. So, unless someone drafts it for him, maybe. But I don't know. I don't want to hear him running off the cuff. Nah, it sounds like a TK reacts video is going to be one, and um, he's made a couple of appearances on that already. So maybe that's the forum for it, but certainly uh, not on the pod. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, well, that probably um, is not a bad option because then ben, um, ben can actually edit it properly for him, as opposed to him just like running running a live video. Yeah, oh, 100%. There's no way he would be trusted with a live video. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I would love, actually, I'm I would love a live video of Blizz <laughs> with us being able to comment and him having to do an apology. That would be unreal. <laughs> oh man, one of those ones where yeah, just all the comments come up the side as yeah. he's doing it, then insta live. Oh man, imagine the scenes. <laughs> oh. um, next up, what was worse, Blizz leaving the chat multiple times, or Blizz having a tantrum and refusing to play the thirteenth hole at Terhatchuan? Uh I didn't get to see him not play the thirteenth hole, but I reckon that's definitely worse because I don't know, it's golf. You just you tee on like it. The whole point is that fun, and the fact that he's just gone and spat the dummy, picked it up, picked up his. Well, even picked up his ball and walked off. Not good enough. Um, but at the same time, I guess, you know, cracking the shits on a Friday night about, you know, a game, anything had happened. Like, Lockie Neal goes down the first two minutes. The game's yours. Like, you've, you've, got, you've got plenty of time, Blitz. Like, fair enough on the Sunday afternoon when you've, you've done and dusted, then fair enough. But not not on Friday nights. Like, we don't want to see that. So, not good enough. But definitely the the just the, the audacity he had to just throw the game away on, on the golf day. And then was all about coming back for a drink. And then because he spat the dummy, he just it didn't turn up. So... Doubly, doubled down on the poorness there. There, Blizz. Don't, don't appreciate it. No, I know the 13th hole as well. It's the one that goes up and around to the right. You can cut the corner if you hit a good shot. You give yourself a good crack at it. Um, does Sansack have just walked that hole up to the 14th or whatever and just not play? Oh, man, that's real <laughs> sad behaviour. Um, 
The next one, is the Tiger King slowly making his way back into exile? He has been very, very quiet. Uh, he has been a bit quiet, but he, I would not be surprised if he goes into exile after this uh, this vice-captain controversy that's has come out, uh, which we've announced here on the pod. I reckon he's going to be very, very unhappy with the fact that it's going to come out. Uh, he hasn't even been told by me, so I can't wait to see his reaction when he, when he hears it at the start. We will have to wait and see what happens, but he would not be surprised if he goes back into exile soon because he's he's staring, dangerously staring in the bottom of the, the bottom ladder. So I think the only shining light he's holding on to is that he can beat his dad, but that, even that's a, stretch, a bit of a stretch. But I think that's the ruck captain week, so he probably will be he'll be putting a lot on Darcy there, hoping that he can lift him. Yeah, he's been putting a lot on Darcy lately. I imagine he'll be pulling over the car as soon as he hears it. Um, if he's lucky, it'll be the first thing he plays on the pod before he's even left the house, and it'll just delay him leaving. Um, and I imagine we'll get some voice records, uh, no doubt. But next one from Keels. List the name of people in this league whose dads are better than them at Supercoach. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I have to say my dad at the moment because he's absolutely killing it. Although, percentage-wise, I think I'm, I've made more prelims than him, I think, but I could be wrong. But the way he's going this year, he's uh, he's turned it up massively. And then you could... I don't know if you could say Brian's better. Like, he's gone out in, like, straight sets multiple times. At least Ben made a prelim last year. I don't know. I, can't, I, don't, think yeah. I, can, I don't think I can, with a good conscience, I can say that Brian's better. I think they're both just as shit. <laughs> they're both pretty bad. I do feel like you missed a couple. Um, I feel like Keelan's dad, if he was in the league, would be just as successful. <laughs> well, um, much I feel like... <laughs> Unky Paul and Unky David, get them in. I reckon they'd both be better than Matt and Keelan. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not wrong there. I mean, they're, they're both been very average. Matt's been poor for the whole way. Did, he won, yeah, he won, he won a game surely last year in the finals, didn't he? He didn't go out in straight sets. But he won, uh, up until that point, yeah. he'd, he'd only won one final against Blake. So he lost, sorry, made one final and lost to Blake. So his, <laughs> his final track record is not good at all. And he's, he's dangerously close to missing out again this year. So. Thank God he finished up at the ladder last year because he would have not much else to hang his head on. Yeah, he's a uh, yeah, real average uh, sort of levels there. I, I think his old man would come in and knowing their stats with golf, they would probably be pretty good at analysing a draft field and uh, pulling in guys like Walsh at pick eight, I imagine. But um, nonetheless, we'll, we'll leave it there. We don't have the dub. Um, lastly, from Keelan, fuck Mutt and fuck Blizz. Fair call. Good dub. I concur. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that one. Steve, he had a question for you. Will Grundy go down as not only the worst draft pick ever, but also one of the biggest wastes of money ever? Uh, in terms of waste of money, I reckon he's not far off. Uh, considering how good Darcy Cameron's going at basically on no money, uh, definitely not doing work, not doing uh, his job any disservice, but Grundy's uh, definitely not worth the money. I think I would, if we lose to go because of it, I won't be happy. Uh, I'm glad we got more because that was the one thing I was worried about, not being able to keep him. But we'll probably miss out on a few fringe players that could be costly. But in terms of draft picks, Steve, uh, no, he's not the biggest. Um, what was it? The biggest draft flop because you shouldn't have picked him at pick one. Yeah, it is an interesting one. I know you brought it up a few times, and he's come up over the weeks of the pod. Um, I obviously last year took him pick number one and ended up getting you know all the way to the final. Um, so it was solid for me. And you know, I do, I do still feel like if you can get one of those rucks who's going to score. A 140, 150. That's a that's a big extra, you know, 40 or 50 on anyone else that you can get. But he just hasn't produced those numbers, and neither has gone this year. So this year, I think um, it hasn't been a good option to pick those, you know, gun rucks that we've talked about in the past. 
Um, but other years, maybe it has been a significant difference in what you're going to get from those top two in comparison to your third and fourth ruck options and things like that. But yeah, um, I think the last couple, like the last few years, they were like when you went to the draft rankings, they were definitely like if they weren't number one and two, they were very, very close to the one, two. They were fourth or fifth or whatever it is. This year, Grundy was like 10th or 12th or something. I had to scroll to find him. Gorm was like six or something. So they weren't even, they weren't the dominant players last year that they were the year before. So you could tell that either something was changing, the game was changing, or they just weren't as dominant. So you could sort of see that it wasn't going to be the same. And then, like, I didn't obviously plan the co- the captain rounds around that, but there wasn't, they weren't like ticking off extra captain rounds. They were still ticking off the fours or fives that you needed to. They weren't ticking off the eights or nines like some of the other players were going to. So it wasn't, you weren't getting the massive advantage unless Steve was looking at other numbers that I wasn't. You weren't looking at massive advantages to picking them. If Grundy was, or if Grundy or Gorn were there, I'd probably pick four or five. I might not have taken them. I'm not sure. I may have, but I don't know. Because I I had Gorn last year and I buggered the rest of my team, so I didn't plan it properly. So going that number one midfield gun and then building the rest of the team with the ruck later is what I felt was a better strategy for draft. And, well, Dad's done very well with that strategy pretty much. So you just going to know. It's an interesting one. I think I'm not a big fan of the ruck. I don't think they, they add that much. They're kind of like the tight end in the NFL. I think they're just sort of like a good complimentary player. But if you can get some guns around them, then it's better off. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, that's how I feel about Lockie Neal after he stitched me up in the finals a couple of years ago. I just, you know, he's blacklisted. He's a gun and he still is a gun. But once he dogs you in finals, you just never want that player again, I don't think so. Um, have fun with that, Lockie, when it comes to finals time. See how that works. Uh, maybe it'll do better for you. But Shane um, had some questions for you as well. With further claims from Heredia Lumumba on Collingwood and that saga continuing, it got me thinking, which coach in our league would have the most toxic culture and require an internal investigation? There's a, there's definitely a few that, that spark some interest. I think... Well, the fact that Blizz a few weeks ago said something that I had to literally bleep out of the podcast, I didn't want it on there. It just goes to show the sort of toxic stuff that's going on around that club. And um, also the fact that his number one draft picks don't seem to want to hang around just goes to show just how toxic it is because even the guns don't want to stay around. They're just like, nah, I'm out of here. Get me out of here for nothing. So Blizz is probably number one with the board, I think. There's probably a couple others you could probably think of, but yeah, nah, definitely, definitely Blizz. And obviously other, the other coaches that have folded there definitely just goes to show they're, they're rubbish. Yeah, could not agree more. It's uh, if he hasn't got rid of his um, list manager, uh, <laughs> well, you know, you got to wonder about that as well. Similar to North Melbourne, you don't get rid of all of theirs in the last week as well. Uh, you imagine Blizz must be on the on the path to doing that, or they're all about to leave. Also, um, same question from Shane: Why does Keels insist on bringing our league into disrepute? I understand I'm not setting the world on fire, but he scored another eleven hundred. And only had one player who scored 100. What the fuck is going on there? <laughs> yeah, look, Kills, you know you're you know you're in strife when Shane's coming out and shooting barbs at you because, like I said, he's, he's not well, he's not setting the world alight, but he still manages to be looking at going, okay, well, this is piss poor. So he, he knows you're poor. <laughs> that means you're poor. <laughs> he's still sitting underneath him with a worse percentage of my dad as well, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess Keels' percentage management has been good for something. But at the same time, Keels has won games with like 1,100 points as well. So Keels has got that... Uh, he's been winning games with, really the poor, with the poor score. So look, this this week, the, the Keel and Bryzer matchup is definitely one I'll be watching intently because I can't wait to see because Bryzer 100% is backing himself to get that job done. Keelan will be absolutely rebel if it happens. But just look at it. If Blizz goes down to Lockie and Keelan after calling them both early, 
it's going to be a very, very sour. He's going to be eating sour crabs. It's going to be shocking. But I'm really it's hoping be- as well. I called it yesterday that he can play Goldie as he's, he just recently got him in. His favourite number five pick. He's got a captain Goldie. He's had, had him a couple of years ago and loved him. He's got to he's got to just pull that back. He's got to go back to where he was a few years ago when he was good and just play oh, Goldie as the pick. captain and go for the big score. Oh man, that was so good when he pulled him up early, didn't he? The old uh, black book of Liz got the job done. <laughs> so yeah, it might be worth captaining him up. I don't mind it. Oh, um, and lastly, from Jade, are you confident that the top eight in our league is locked in now? And I think we sort of answered that earlier, didn't we? We did. I'm, I'm quietly confident that I'm secure my spot. And uh, going on to Bryza, he had a question for you, and very much related to what we just discussed. Who do you think will win between him and Keels? It's it's a very very interesting one, and I wish that so. For some reason, my supercoach glitched, and I've had the supercoach gold from the la- for the last like ten weeks. And for some reason, it logged me out, and I logged back in, and it's gone. So I can't actually look at the predicteds now. I was really looking forward to that because it's pretty much been it's been handy to sort of see who's going to score well. But we'll have a quick look. We'll just pull it up quickly. And Took Miller versus Goldstein. So he's put the C on Goldstein early. So I'm appreciating that one. He's got that, but then I just I don't know. I honestly don't know what's. He's put, and also he's put Kerno on the field as well, so he's he's gone early on that one, made sure he said it, he said it there. So I don't know. I think Keelan's got probably worse lower players, but he's got more consistency, whereas Blizz doesn't have the out and out stars. Okay, yeah. So At for me, I'm just having a quick look. Blizz has the tenth most points in the league, so. Not setting it on fire by any means, but Keelan has the 13th most. So, yeah, he's a, the second most scorer in the league in comparison to Blizz. But the Blizz curse, um, he's had the most points against him. So is this going to be another week where Keelan just pops up and gets his best score of the, the season? The Blizz curse. That's what I'm wondering. It's it's definitely definitely possible. So <laughs> he's definitely got the option. Oh, yeah, who knows? Like, Blizz is, yeah, definitely copped it a few times, but at the same time. Like it hasn't been setting the world on fire, so this is definitely going to be the one to watch. And I, I, I don't know. Do I? Do I, do I want to say? Do I want to say Blizz? I don't know. I feel like I feel like I want to say Blizz. Don't ask me why. The stats lead his way, but as I said, I think there's a curse. I'm backing in the curse, and uh, Keelan gets the job done. But only Blizz because you are cursed this year, not because your team is garbage like his. Um, <laughs> that's the only reason. Um, Scotty had some questions. One, what animal best reminds you of Blizz and why? A skunk because he stinks. <laughs> at, at football, I don't know. He, my, his personal hygiene is none of my business, but he, stung, he stinks at bloody fantasy football. So, Yeah, no, that's fair enough, isn't it? I think that's uh, a fair way. And two, what has been your best trade so far? And do you think trades will be non-existent once everyone ticks off the seven? Uh, I think most likely will be non-existent. I think, well, yeah, the Tom Mitchell for Guthrie one has definitely worked in my favour for most of the weeks. There was a few weeks where he struggled, but I think that's definitely the, the good one. And another one I did enjoy, oh, the, uh, I went with, I went, got rid of Amira and, I can't remember. If I oh, the one with Keels? I think yeah. you got Parfit in. And... I got Parfit and more for Amira and someone else who was not very good. So I kind of upgraded my defence, which I was a bit more happy with because I thought my midfield was fine. Amir has actually gone on to play pretty well, but Darcy Moore did pretty well with back-to-back scores. So happy with that one overall. But definitely the Mitchell one, which is handy, got me the, the good good score. But Guthrie's put it together for the last few weeks as well. So 
I think I've done a fair few few sort of nothing trades throughout the middle as well, which I wasn't overly happy with. I wanted to sort of do more meaningful trades, which is the whole point of it, but sometimes you've got to just tick them off. Yeah, sometimes you do need to tick them off, and I did have a couple of people during the week just going to want a bench trade, just pick up an injured player off the waivers who's averaging more than 80 and trade that. I think that's one that we need to maybe bring into question, the trading of an injured guy who's averaging good. If we know they're out of the season, for example, Sloan's gone around, I think, to a couple of people. It is one where it's like, well, it's not really a trade, is it? Like, we're not doing anything with that sort of stuff. Um, But I did like that it was only seven as well this year. made it more manageable. It's over a longer period of time. You can get it done. So I thought that was good um, also. Yeah, well, that was Um, actually the point was to stop a lot of those, the... 70, 30, 40, 50 guys getting traded around. It was, you know, you've got to have someone at least decent in your on your bench to score. And then if you drop yeah. someone, yeah, you're trading out a bloke scoring 80 for someone else scoring 80. Like I traded Acres out for some other guy, Jordan or whatever it is, and now Acres is scoring well and Jordan, I dropped him straight away. So even though I thought it was just a nothing trade, Acres actually turned out pretty good. So probably a bit of one of those ones I would have liked back. Yeah, no, totally. And I did like the average of 80. I think that's been good because, yeah, you can't make too many meaningless ones they are generally on field players it's uh, there's only a few people who have got the 80s you know on their bench luxury sort of thing so um that's been good the next one Braden, our last person with uh, some questions apart from me jim are you embarrassed to be sitting in my seat as coach of the week you know full well i've been absolutely snubbed uh no no not at all i am uh happy that i got this one as i said top score of the year so far and let me just read you a little uh, little something here from, from Braden. So he asked me on Monday at 8 o'clock after I uh, messaged, why do you hate me? Thought I was an absolute shoe in for Coach of the Week. I'm disappointed. So the fact that he's come out and, and had a go at me shows why you're not Coach of the Week. The fact that you've had the, had the goal to come out and, and attack me is, is not good enough. And also we mentioned before you had Wilkie on the bench. That's, you know, after two weeks in a row of us telling you, how good he was on Lockie's bench, you should have known. He was going to score 100. He was just he was just money in the bank, and you, you would have won. You would have scored 1,600. We've been talking about how good it was, and then nah, it turns out, no, nah, you've gone and just decided to play Barras, and not good enough. <laughs> Can I just ask as well, he said about sitting in his seat, it has been rumoured that the coach of the week seat is even more comfy than the host seat. Um, is that true? Is there extra padding? Um, is it like a throne? It looks pretty good from here, but I'm just wondering. Wondering uh, the coach of the week seat, what that feels like. Uh, it is the exact same seat that I host in, so not any better, not any worse. But uh, it does feel like I'm sitting a bit taller, so that could be maybe maybe why it looks good. <laughs> Posture improves. That's good to know. Um, and Braden, the last one. Are you the worst fifteen hundred scorer ever? <laughs> uh, no, I think. Um, well, I don't know what I say. I think Kilmore's, but I don't think he got there. So I think uh, based on these sort of questions, I think you are because you just you've thrown out the baby with the bathwater, you cracked the shits. Absolutely, just throw toys out, throw toys out of the cot, and I don't appreciate it. So, you look, you to be the best, you've also got to act like the best, and you've got to be able to sit back and go, look, uh, yeah, look, yeah, be gracious in defeat is one of the ones that people say. So, you look, yeah, you didn't get the the coach of the week, but you sort of sit back and applaud the bloke who actually scored well as well. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like I got the, you know, it wasn't like I scored below you and just wanted to give myself a pep up. Top score for the year, Brados. Get uh, get over yourself and uh, keep acting this way. I might not ask you back on. Just just purely contextual. Suck a dick and eat a dick. That's basically a quick summary for you, mate. All You're not here. All right. Lastly, uh, I have a couple of questions for you. Firstly, if you theoretically broke your arm tomorrow, um, who do you think in draft is likely to have caused it? 
probably Matt because he's the one below me, so he wants to get the win. So he's hoping to break my right arm so I can't look at my scores. <laughs> okay, so Matt's most likely to have caused it. Uh, secondly, the follow-up, who wouldn't you let sign the cast once you've uh, had it put in the cast? Uh, Braden, because you're probably right. I was robbed of some shit on there. So I don't want to know. I don't want to know about it. Yeah, fair enough. And my last question is, who is most likely to draw a dick and balls on it first? Oh, I say, when you said dick and balls, like everybody. Uh, it would probably, look, probably Lockie, because it'd be really thickened as well. But I reckon, yeah, it probably depends who I saw first, which probably Lockie. Lockie would do the first one. <laughs> probably would, wouldn't he? But uh, kudos to him. When you teach your nights, that's exactly what you know is going to happen uh, to a cast. So, no, credit to you, mate. That is the questions for this week. It's a good one's coming through. But now it is time for the wow, isn't it? It's uh, the worst of the week. Everyone's favourite segment. And yeah. have uh, you got any thoughts about this one? Do you have any thoughts? What are your thoughts on the, on a few? Yeah. Just... Um... Let me have a quick reminder. Obviously, we saw the, I think the four lowest scores of the round, two of them got wins, didn't they? So that always makes it a little bit trickier to pick the worst of the week when two people with the worst four scores get wins. So how do we pick who was the shittest of the shit? Well, yeah, Keelan's got the lowest score there with 11.28, doesn't he? And then Steve also with 12.11. A good, you know, 80 points more than Keelan, but geez, both were bad, weren't they? they? They're the two standouts for me. What are you feeling? Yeah, definitely those two. And, like, obviously, Scotty, 1140 is... If he was playing anybody else, he'd be in contention for it as well. But when you get the win, you can't really talk about how bad he was. But he also, last week, won with a 12.52 as well, which was the second lowest score. So he's won two weeks in a row with the second lowest score. So he's definitely... Look, he's peppering. He's not in the... He's not in the... the hoop yet, but he's definitely peppering, peppering around it. I can't go past Keels with his 11.28. Like, realistically, I think I was just asking just to, just to give me something else to talk about, but it was it was always Keelan. It had to be. There was no one else. Unless unless we throw in Bryza for throwing in the towel early on that Friday after the Friday night and just absolutely capitulating, leaving the chat twice. Yes, he scored 13.15, which would have beaten one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. But he cracked the shits, the sads, massively. I still know my answer, but I, uh, what are your thoughts on either Keelan or Bryza? Yeah, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Jeez, he really, really cracked the sads. It was real bad behaviour for a guy who still ended up 1,300 as well. So he would have beaten plenty of people in the league and still sucked it up and cracked a teary. Oh, it's such bad behaviour. I'm leaning towards the bad behavior. I'm leaning towards Bryzer actually as worst coach of the week for that sort of stuff. We talked about a punishment before and abuse and all that sort of stuff, but maybe this is where we need to make a stand. I think, yeah, I think we've like we've sort of talked our way around it. I think Bryzer, be better. Contextually, you are the worst coach of the week. Keelan is the worst points coach of the week. Bryzer, you are the worst coach of the week because of your deplorable behavior over the weekend. Yeah, absolute filth. Well deserved. Um, get on the react and tell us what you think about it if you want. But Jesus Christ, mate, just be better, Dick Lips. Yeah, well, and, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll get the se- he'll get the segment on TK React, so we can definitely let us know what he thinks. And I'm sure it'll all be it'll be glowing. I'm sure he'll understand and uh, take it all in his stride. Absolutely. 
Now, look, that's that's really about it, Jim. There was one more note I had down on uh, the relegation league. I wasn't sure if you wanted to have a very brief discussion on that or not because I know we've been dancing around it in small questions all throughout, um, and I had some thoughts about it. I was just wondering yeah, if you wanted to have a quick discussion. Definitely, because, well, obviously, the, uh, you're the one sort of... You brought the question to the fore a few times, which is sort of you've heard my point of view uh, numerous times and everybody else's points, but I want, obviously, you, I'm guessing you're a big fan of it. Which is why you keep uh, why you mentioned it a few times. So I wanted to get your, I guess, long version of what your what your thoughts on it are. Yeah, I've had a bit of a think about it because we've slowly been fleshing out what that might look like, and and my thoughts is we've got two separate leagues, and then you brought in in the point of last week that it would really thin out how many good players are in there. So if you had like two two leagues of eight or ten or something. It'd be pretty thin in terms of the the top league would have really good players, the second league would have really good players, and you just be getting these really big scores and real tight sort of um, matches all the time. So my thought is this: you have we still have a league of like you know fourteen people theoretically. Um, we do the league draft exactly the same, so that there's still only one list of players between both the leagues. Um, but then the weekly matchups won't matter and the, le- the table on the website won't matter. We will have our own schedule and our own table, essentially our own ladder on the side there. So we would all still be able to see what everyone's teams are doing, what every player in the league is still doing and who's done a good draft. You could theoretically see that there's a Div 2 team that's performing better than a Div 1 team, like in theory, um, but the fact is you're in a relegation league, so <laughs> you would still have that sort of working all at the same time. It would need to be a lot more hands-on from a commissioner style, keeping the league tables updated and stuff. But I know Keelan loves a spready. Um, he'll be filthy that I called it a spready at the exact same time also. <laughs> but he loves a spreadsheet and putting the numbers in and the weekly matchups. So you could do it. So we split it. Everyone plays each other twice in, in the second division and the top division. If we could split it roughly even, I don't know, eight in each or whatever that looks like. Um, is there 14 rounds we can get through? You could theoretically get through. Uh, yeah, we play... So we play 11 player. We play 13. And I think we finish... Uh, this the season itself we finish round fifteen I think it is let me have a look we finish round sixteen and then there's uh, qualifying finals semi finals prelim finals grand finals so there's four rounds so we finish in round twenty so there's still three rounds left so we've got three rounds to play with essentially yeah so if we had like eight in each league um, you could play you know each other twice so then you're playing fourteen games plus finals and you end up only a week later than we currently are. Um, Yeah, so I think that sort of thing, you'd only need to add, yeah, two extra people to the group if there are two extra people. Is it a lot? Would people continue doing it if there was a relegation league? That's where the questions sort of remain, isn't it? If I was in Div 2, would I keep playing? Because we don't want to lose people and what is something that is uh, quite good. So that's where the risk would be and um, some people would probably sulk it up. I mean, you got Lockie who... You know, last year threatened to leave because he's winning it too often, didn't he, basically? Or it took too much of his time or something. So I'm not sure. That's where the risk would lie. But I think it could be really fun knowing there's a lot on the line every single time. And, yeah, some of those mid-tier teams theoretically could be more like relegation, promotion sort of teams. It would be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing is, um, would the relegation league also win money? Or would all the money go to the, the the, the, the Premier League winner? Because they kind of, you know, obviously the winner gets promoted, 
but does the winner also get something else, a little bit of a consolation prize? Or because you know, we've got 18 people, that's a lot of money, all going towards the winners in the top league. Does the second league get something as well? I feel like you do need at least a little bit of winnings um, because, you know, you need a, a treasure trove to uh, be able to spend up for next year to get yourself um, into the league and make yourself relevant. Something, yeah. Uh, a war chest, you need a North Melbourne war chest, don't you? So, <laughs> um, I don't know, what's our... Yeah, I don't know, we'd have to have a look at that. We're adding two extra people in. What's the... what's What does it cost to get in? 30 bucks, 20 bucks? I can't remember. Bucks, so yeah, maybe, 30 bucks. Yeah, maybe that's where the extra money comes. Two extra teams, there's an extra 50, 60 bucks or whatever it is. So, yep. maybe they win that. Uh, just thinking off the top of my head as well, how would the waiver wires work? Because, obviously, the waivers is based on the Supercoach standings. Hmm... There is another yeah. uh, there is another option. I'm not don't know if it's a legitimate option. There is an option. I play at Ultimate Footy League, which is a website game, which is like a, the Herald the Age version, completely different. There's not an app, which is a bit of a pain in the ass, but it is a, a is more customizable. I don't know if you can do multiple leagues in the same commission, same league sort of thing. It could be an option to shift from SuperCoach to a different website if it does it. I don't yeah, know if it okay. does though. Yeah. Because, yeah, otherwise it does start to get a bit tedious, doesn't it? The waivers, you could just wait for three free agency, essentially. Like, you put your waiver into the commissioner and say, it could be an option where I can just turn uh, waivers off and just it just opens up a free agency straight away. So it's first in, best rest, basically. Mm. Interesting. I don't mind it. I am interested to hear what some other people think about it also, though. So maybe it is an end-of-the-year catch-up drinks, wondering what people think. But... Um, yeah, we need extra people as well, so I'm interested to see if people are interested in joining or if anyone has mates and all that sort of stuff. But just wanted to bring it up. It's been a, some good conversation surrounding it, and, yeah, I think it would be it'd make it pretty intriguing if there was people yeah, vying for promotion. There was a couple more different conversations going, and then people like Liz and Ben, like we were saying before, would have quite a bit to play for still, um, and Shane as well, and, and Keels even, if he, yeah. if he has a bad finish here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I've got... I'd- Reckon Marcus from our NFL league would be keen. He's done draft for a few years now and other mates with other mates. And apparently he was asking mum Shane if he was enjoying it or not on the at my baby show a couple of weeks ago. So I reckon he was wording him up. And if he wasn't liking it, I reckon he was planning on sweeping in. So I reckon he's yeah. definitely one that would put his hand up pretty quick because he's in a, a few leagues with us and obviously knows a fair few of us. So he'd definitely be one to, to jump in. But whether or not we can get a couple more bats, yeah, like I said, we need people that are going to stay and, and commit and not sort of uh, jump in and out. We want people that are in and if you're in it yeah you're in it sort of thing yeah i like it well um that sounds good to me mate look this is the end of the pod it's always a good little chance uh to give some dry fires as well um although i'm right here and your next opponent but by all means if there is things you want to say or get off your chest or the lead up to next week by all means have a crack yeah well, obviously big game for both of us because a win for me Makes me uh, basically a leapfrog. You jump into a, a good position on the ladder, which I'm obviously really looking, really trying to get to. So that a win to me potentially can put me up to sixth um, with a win, and also basically quit, uh, stuff Matt getting finals, which I'm obviously really, really excited about doing. But uh, a loss to me puts me right in the danger zone of dropping out. So and also puts you in a good position to uh, attack that top four spot. So a really interesting uh, match for both of us. And captains are both. Like, I think we're both in sitting in pretty good spots. So. I was messaging Dad the other day about who's got the best captain options. So he like did a filter thing on Supercoach. And I think, uh, I'll just pull it up quickly. He had Sicily, so which is one of the better ones. He had Sicily as his captain, which is number three. Uh, I've got Jared Witz as the option, which is number one of the total or total points. And you've got Darcy Parrish. And then uh, 
Roy Laird is also in there as well. Dutch Parrot number two, Laird, I think, is just out because he was injured, so he's not quite there on total points, but up there in terms of average. So we've got very, very good players, and I've got uh, Jared Witts playing against Hawthorne, who have no McAvoy and no Max King. <laughs> so he is uh, he's in he's in some dangerous, dangerous territory of being just absolutely just demolishing people. So I'm, I'm hoping for that. He played very well against Darcy last week, and he's scoring 120s and 130s, so he's, he's in a good spot, but... Who knows, Parrish or, or Laird could just come out and, and go flying. Who knows? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, yeah, big, big matchup. And actually also works in really well with the end of this because um, I believe, Mano, you have something for us there from Bet. Fuck off and get around me. It's Bet time. And this week we have the bet for the punters in the Eliminator Bet special. Well, that has really taken shape after 10 rounds, and as we near finals, there's an opportunity this week to eliminate a few from contention, just like the Eliminator from the 90 TV show Gladiator. This week, we look specifically at the matchup of James Unagi taking suck, taking on Suck My Pendlebury's and Wasty 8 Balls against Angry Midgets. If Wasty and Jim can get over line this week, then they can effectively eliminate the garbage of the league by the end of the round. In the Eliminator, Manubet Special, we're giving you boosted odds for $5 for both to win this week. But if that's not the bet for you, then just a reminder, we have to revise Wrecking the League, Mato Mega Bet of Grant to go through undefeated or Vocky to win his third title, paying $5. Will Wusty or Jim be defeated by a 30-degree conveyor belt ramp in the form of Mato or Kane, or will they win and become the Eliminators? To find out, place your bet by downloading the Mato Bet app from the App Store. All seasons is fine, as usual. Gamble responsibly. Very, very nice. There's yeah, some very, very good games there. Very interesting. And then you've got, obviously, you just mentioned those two games. You've got Blizz versus Keels, which is just, I don't know, going for some sort of any sort of semblance of just some sort of breaking runs. I don't even know anymore. We've got some good matches coming up. There's uh, some very interesting interesting rounds coming up, which I'm looking forward to. And I'm really looking forward to the week after the buys, Ben versus Blizz, because that's just going to be an absolute cracker. It's going to be good after the buys. It's going to be a good run over the finals. Appreciate you um, having me on here, James, uh, hosting this one and you, an absolute dominant performance. Great job. Well done. Loving your work. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, agreeing. And yeah, I absolutely love the way you go about this and, and the other pods. So you were pretty much a, a no-brainer. So thank you very much for agreeing to it. No worries. And uh, suck a dick, Benny. <laughs> Eat a uh, fuck mutt.